Well, our word for the year is the word inspire. Inspire. We understand that to inspire is to encourage, enthuse, motivate. Let me ask you this morning, are you inspiring anyone? Now, currently, we are in a series called Pass It On. Turn to your neighbor and say, Pass It On. Yeah, the lessons that we've learned in life, the gifts, abilities that we have developed, the insights that have been revealed to us. I ask you this morning, what are we going to do with them? Are we going to, are we going to keep them all to ourselves? Are we going to take them to the grave with us? Or are we going to pass it on? I want us to look at some scripture this morning and see what the Apostle Paul says about what we're talking about. First of all, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verses 1 and 2. Paul writing to young Timothy, his son in the faith, the one that he is mentoring. And he says to him, you therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And he said, the things that you have heard or learned from me among many witnesses. Well, I want you to commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And then Paul writes to the church in in Philippi in Philippians chapter number four and verse number nine. And and Paul says to them, he says, the things which you learned, the things that you received, the things you heard, the things that you saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. What, what, What is Paul saying in these scriptures? He's saying, pass it on. Pass it on. Well, today we're going to talk about passing on to others the lessons we have learned. How many have ever learned? Have you learned any lessons? Has life taught you anything? Have you learned some life lessons? Now, now I have picked out five lessons that I have learned in in life. Now, I, I, I could have picked out 50. Aren't you glad I did not? Now, I'm not saying that these are the top Five. I'm just saying that these are five of the many, many lessons that I have learned in life. These are five that I felt impressed for this particular time to share. I want to pass them on to you. And the first lesson that I've learned, and that is learn to laugh. Learn to laugh. Now, I understand that this, this lesson doesn't sound very spiritual. Well, what I know is sourpuss Christians don't seem very spiritual to me. In fact, they do more harm than good to Christianity and to the kingdom. The wisdom writer wrote in Proverbs 15 and 15, he said, he said for, the, for, the pessim, for the pessimistic, he said, every day brings trouble. But he goes on to say, but for the happy heart, life is a continual feast. And and drop down to verse number 30. He says that a cheerful look or a cheerful face or a a cheerful countenance brings joy to the heart. 
And I love what Jesus said in John 10 and 10. I love it in the amplified version. It is one of my life verses. Jesus said, I came that they might have and enjoy life. Have it in abundance. Have it to the full. Have it until it overflows. So learn to laugh. Take life seriously, but not too seriously. Laugh at situations. Laugh, please, at the appropriate time. <laughs> laugh at yourself. Laugh at yourself. It's been almost 30 years ago now that my family and I planted Harvest Time Church in Midland, Texas. And I remember when we when we went there, and we went there several weeks before we actually had our first service. And so we had to have a place to go to church. And I remember one Sunday night, we went to our presbyter's church. Now, the presbyter is, is a pastor, but he has other pastors under him and other churches under him that he, that he watches out for and looks over and oversees. And so this, 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 this Sunday night, we went to my presbyter's church. He was going to be my presbyter, my overseer. We go to his church on Sunday night. I'm the new kid in town. I'm the new kid on the block. Nobody knows me. I'm from out of state. I want to make a good impression, especially with my presbyter. And so we go and we support him and his church and sitting there in the service. And at the end of the service, he he said, we're so glad to have uh, Brother Mike Benson and his family. They're going to be planting Harvest Time Church in Midland, just right down the road from us. And Brother Mike, would you stand tonight? And would you dismiss us in a word of prayer? Yes, sir. Sir. So I stand. And I want to have me know, you know, I'm, this is my presbyter. This is my overseer. It's his church. I want to make a good impression. Right? And so, you know, I get my preacher voice on. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know. And I pray this prayer, and I'm doing pretty good in my prayer. And then in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, I want to I pray that God will give this church outreach. And, 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 and I want to I pray that God will make this church, you know, a lighthouse in this community. And I got that all jumbled up in my mind. And I said, and Lord, I want you to make this church an outhouse for you. Good start. I quickly closed the prayer. Krista's about 11 years old. She's sitting on the same pew I'm sitting on. She comes over to me. She looks up at me with those 11-year-old eyes, and she said, way to go, Dad. Outhouse. I said, Krista Ray Benson, be quiet. I am extremely embarrassed right now. I'm going to laugh at this in a week. It'll be a sermon illustration in a month. But right now, I want to dig a hole and get in it. Learn to laugh. Laugh at yourself. See, see here's what I've learned, and that is laughter is good medicine. The Bible says that it is. Proverbs 17 and 22 says a cheerful heart is good medicine. 
Now, now the medical experts will tell you that laughter actually changes the chemicals in our body, which change our emotions and make us feel better physically. I mean, oh, you literally feel better physically after a good laugh. Laughter is good medicine, and I'll tell you this, it's a whole lot cheaper too. Here's something else. Laughter will provide good memories. I just talked about that. Laughter will provide good memories. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse number 1 says, For everything there is a season. There is a time for every activity under heaven. And then it begins to list some of those things. In verse number 4, he says that there's a time to cry. I mean, oh, it's okay to cry. I mean, oh, there's healing in those tears. I mean, oh, God knows what he's doing. But not only did he say there's a time to cry, but he also said there is a time to laugh. Again, a time appropriate, right? There's a time to cry. There's a time to laugh. There's a time to grieve. There's also a time to dance. So I encourage you to capture and record all of the funny, all of the fulfilling, all of the favorite times that you've had in life. Write them down. Rehearse them. Tell them. Enjoy them. I never speak at a memorial service without including a couple of humorous stories about that person who has died. Why? Because laughter is good medicine. Laughter will provide good memories. Lesson number two this morning that I want to pass on to you today, and and that is this. Plan your life according to priorities. Plan your life according to priorities. Matthew 6 and 33, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. Say first. First. Did he say, you know, find a place for God, tuck him in somewhere, work him in? Is that what he said? No, he said, seek first the kingdom of God. See, whatever your list of priorities are, make sure that your relationship with God is at the very top of the list. Now, please understand me this morning. I'm not talking about what you do for God, which is your particular ministry. I'm talking about time spent with God. I'm talking about your personal relationship with Him. Pastoring this church is what I do for God. It is not at the top of my list of priorities. Did you hear me? I said, being the lead pastor of this church, that's what I do for God. That's my my ministry. But it is not at the top of my list. My relationship with my family comes before my ministry as your pastor. See, see, I was a husband and I was a father long before I ever became your pastor. And I will continue to be a husband and continue to be a father long after I no longer serve in the capacity of lead pastor of the Grace Place. Now, understand my relationship with God is my top priority. And then after my relationship with God, then comes my relationship with my wife. Not my relationship with my kids, not my relationship with my friends, not my relationship with my grandkids, no. My number one relationship is my relationship with God. Number one priority is my relationship with God. Then comes my relationship with my wife. And then comes my relationship with my kids and my grandkids. 
And I'm not going to list those. I might get in trouble. Amen. And then comes my ministry. I said, then comes my ministry. Now, now understand, that doesn't mean that I will allow little, you know, trivial family matters to come before my responsibilities as lead pastor of this church. But it does mean, it does mean that my responsibility as a husband and my responsibility as a father and my responsibility as a family man is greater than my responsibility as a pastor. Are you still tracking with me this morning? See, see, here's the deal. If I, if, I, if I win the whole world and I lose my own family, what have I done? What have I done? So plan your life according to priorities. Let me, let me suggest two things here. Number one, live it with the right people. I can't, I can't say this strong enough. I can't say it loud enough. I can't say it enough. Live your life with the right people. Mark 3, verse 13 and 14. We read it recently. I'm going to read it again. Jesus says Jesus called the ones that he wanted. Who did Jesus call? The ones he wanted. Not, not to salvation, but to intimacy, uh, walking as his disciple, okay? Jesus called the ones he wanted to be with him. And, he, and it says they were to accompany him and be with him. Him. See, Jesus loved everybody, right? He loved everybody. Man, he loved the multitudes, man. He loved the multitudes. He, he, he loved everybody, but he did not allow everybody to be in his inner circle. I'm talking about Jesus. He loved everybody, but he did not allow everybody in his inner circle. So we need to learn from that. We, we, we should love everybody, you know, red, yellow, black, or white. Doesn't matter the color. Doesn't matter the, you know, the culture doesn't matter, whatever. We should love everybody, but we should be very, very careful who we allow in our inner circle. So choose your friends wisely. Why? Because in a matter of time, you're going to become like them. I have mannerisms that are like my, my really, really close friends. And I don't even use those mannerisms except when they're around. And when they're around, I find myself saying things and doing things and acting a certain way. Because I've been around them so much and been around them and they poured into my life and I poured into their life. And choose your friends wisely because in a matter of time, you're going to become like them. So choose people who are loyal. Loyal. Choose people who have good character. Choose people that have a a good, positive attitude about life. Choose people of integrity. Choose people who inspire you, not people who drag you down. See, See, some people energize you, and some people cause you to agonize. Live your life with the right people. And, and let me say this, make sure you have somebody in your life that can speak truth to you. Not tell you what you want to hear. Not just tell you the ooey gooey, but make sure you have somebody in your life and give them that you trust, that is loyal, that you love. All of the criteria I gave you a moment ago. Make sure, though, that you also have someone that meets all that criteria, but also give them permission to speak into your life. Give them permission to speak truth to you, even the hard truth. My wife's my biggest cheerleader. 
but she can be my greatest critic. And I like it a whole lot better when she's cheering. But I trust her. She's loyal. I love her. I know when she's telling me stuff, even though I get defensive, even though I don't like to hear it, I, and, I, and, it, and it seems like I'm not listening, but I promise you I go away and I process it. And every once in a while, she's telling me something I need to hear. Every once in a while. <laughs> Have somebody in your life give them the permission to, to speak truth to you, even the hard truth. But they speak the truth in love. See, and you know, listen, we all need to hear this. Some need to hear it more than others, but we all need to hear this. And that is, it's not just what we say, but also how we say it. How we say it. That matters. Amen. So live your life with the right people, but not only live your life with the right people, but live it with the right plan. Live it with the right plan. Proverbs 4 and 26 says, give careful thought. Say thought. Say, think about it. Give careful thought for the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Let me ask you this morning, do you have a plan for your life? Do you have a plan for your life? Are you just flying by the seat of your pants, making it up as you go? Let me ask you this, do you have a plan for your family? Uh, do, do you have a plan for your finances? Do you have a plan for your future? Somebody said it right when they said, he who fails to plan, plans to fail. So let me say this this morning. If your family is a priority, a priority to you, you will have a plan for them. Now, for your marriage, your plan will include a date, light, a, a date night. It doesn't have to be expensive. But it does have to include quality time. And, 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 you, and your plan for your family will include time spent with your kids. Such a busy world we live in, but are we busy with the things that matter? If your finances are a priority, your plan will include a budget, a realistic budget. A budget that will direct your money. You, you hear me say these things a lot, but I'm going to say them again. You will tell your money where to go instead of wondering where in the world did it go. Tell your money where, you, where to go instead of wondering where it went. Your budget will include these four S's. I've said them so many times, you ought to have them memorized. So say the four S's that you should do with your money. Say them with me. So, sub. Save some, spend some, share some. Let me say it. All right. Now, there's sow, save, spend, share. Let's say them again. Sow some, save some, spend some, share some. And do it in that order. See, all right, you, say, you say that stuff too much, you couldn't even say it back. Now, my detailed financial teaching can be found in, uh, on our website, and I encourage you to go there and listen. If your future is a priority to you, then you're going to have a plan for it. 
See, see, if you're unhappy with your present situation, unhappy with your present circumstances, if so, I ask you this morning, what is your plan to change it? Because without a well-thought-out and well-executed plan, your future is going to resemble your present. Because nothing changes without changes. So what is it I'm trying to pass on to you this morning? Well, some life lessons that I have learned. I've learned these lessons, some from trial and error, three steps forward and two steps back. I've learned from watching and listening and gleaning and paying attention to others. And it should go without saying that I've learned from studying the Bible. And I've learned from, uh, uh, from learning to, to discern the voice of the Lord and learning how to walk in the Spirit. I want to pass on to you what I have learned. So let me pass this on to you this morning. Plan your life according to priorities. Live it with the right people and with the right plan. Now, in case you're getting nervous this morning about me just being on point two of a five-point message... Let me let you squirm a while. Now, let me, let, let me set your mind at ease. I, we're going to look at the third point in the message, and then we're going to save the other two for next week. You love me more now, don't you? Amen. Third lesson that I want to pass on to you today is this, and that is generate a heart of generosity. If I could pass on a, a life lesson to you, it would be generate a heart of generosity. Proverbs 11 and 24 and 25 says, give freely and you'll become more wealthy. Be stingy and you'll lose everything. Goes on to say the generous will prosper and those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. And again, I, I know that I talk about this a lot, but I do, so, I do so for three reasons. Maybe it'll help you. Some of you think I don't have any more material. I've got a lot of material, but there's but let me tell you why that I keep hammering some of these things over and over. Three reasons. Number one, because it's so important. It's life changing. Number two, I do so because it's part of my life's mission in ministry. It's part of my focus in ministry that God has given to me. And so since God has given this focus to me, then it is my responsibility and the third reason is because, because people only remember and practice what is consistently placed before them. And if I had, had a number four, it would be that some people that are here today are hearing this for the very first time. All right, what is the third lesson that I want to pass on to you today? And that is generate a heart of generosity. Let me encourage you to do this this morning. Become a river, not a reservoir. See, a river is constant. A river is consistent. A river is a continual flow of water. Not only does it take in, but it also sends out. It's not a hoarder. It's not selfish. It's not a container. A river is not a container that just keeps piling it up higher and higher and higher and higher. Rather, it is a giver. And oh, I like this this morning. What flows from it gives life. 
Did you hear me this morning? I said what flows from it gives life. Oh, think about that this morning. What is coming from you? Is it giving life? Are you breathing life to others? Are what you are saying and what you are doing and what you are mentoring and what you are pouring into others, oh, is that, is that, is that passing on life? Oh, is it giving life to others? A reservoir, on the other hand, is a container. A container. And it holds on to what flows into it and it refuses to pass it on. The rich man in Luke chapter 12 was a reservoir. I did say a reservoir, right? The rich man in Luke 12 was a reservoir. See, although he was already rich and his barns were already full, yet, yet when prosperity continued to come his way, instead of sharing some of it, he started to planning, building bigger barns where he could store it and stack it up higher and higher and higher and higher and higher. And while saving is wise, being selfish is unwise. So I encourage you today. I challenge you today. Oh, I hope to inspire you today to become a river and not a reservoir. A reservoir is a container. Oh, a river passes it on with a continual flow. And what goes from it produces life. It takes in and it gives out. Jesus said it like this in Luke 6 and 38. Jesus said, give and it shall be given to you. He goes on to say, your gift will return to you in full. Return to you pressed down. Return to you shaken together to make room for more. Running over and poured into your lap. And Jesus goes on to say, the amount you give will determine the amount you get back. But hear me this morning, generosity is not just about money. It's about time. It's about talents. It's about every area of life. We challenge you to do this this morning, and that is become rich in relationships, not just in resources. So I can only say this, you will only have rich relationships if you are generous with people in the area of time and energy. Rich relationships don't just happen. They have to be developed. They have to be nurtured. They are developed over time. Our takeaway for the message this morning is this. The lessons we've learned in life were not just meant for us. They were meant to be passed on. What are you going to do with what you've learned? What are you going to do with it? Are you going to keep it to yourself? Or are you going to pass it on? Father, I just pray that you'll take these few words that have been shared today. I don't know who needs to hear these words today, but you do. And you brought us together to receive this particular word this morning. And God, I pray that you will help us this morning to receive the word 
for today.